I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Salmon or Dolly threw a great party. We all drank Bacardi. It got kind of gnarly. We're light as a feather. We're tougher than leather. Together we're weirder. We're weirder together. Ioni Sky Lee. Benjamin. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. You know, in the storied history of Weirder Together podcast, uh, we haven't had many repeat guests. Oh, yeah. Not, not Goldie. Oh, Goldie's yeah, Goldie. repeated. Who else? Your, your mom hasn't. She's, she was there once. No. Right? I mean, this is like a we're, we're entering into a very elite realm of, be- of beautiful <laughs> babies. Yeah. That, um, <laughs> and, uh, and we are very excited. Today is a very special we could always call it a crossover episode. Yeah, this is like that. Yeah, the Laverne and Shirley Happy Days crossovers. Yes. So wait, what was that the way they Mindy. launched? That's, yeah, they that's launched how Mark and Mindy Mark and started because he was on Happy Days. And that is similarly the way Southern Charm, I think, was launched from. Um, I don't what know. What was it from? It was from like Southern Charm's supposed to be good. And right? now they, they're going to launch the the Valley off of Vanderpump Rules. Right. They're that one that I'm too. more excited. I'm sure Southern Charm's. I like it yeah. when they just launch, they just take you on a tangential thing and suddenly you're watching a different show. I know. That happened to us once and it was like about the Hamptons and it was really boring. You get hijacked. I like it. I, I like uh, it. Yeah. I want to be hijacked. I want to be domed by reality TV. <laughs> That's basic. Yeah. I yeah. think you are. <laughs> okay. Um. Anyway. This is a very special crossover episode, Weirder Together, mm-hmm. with raw impressions with Lou Barlow and Adele Barlow, some dear friends of ours and a podcast that's on our Weirder Together network. And we've had them once before, but they're, Lou's in Australia. He's he's basically Dinosaur Jr. and Taylor Swift are battling over. head for head for ticket sales in Australia. It's like, you have to pick a side. It's the Blur Oasis. Of the present day. And I just thought we needed to have these guys back on the pod and just have a good chat. And plus, so. like, we're always listening to their podcast. I know, Anytime I, know. I go in the kitchen, Ben Ben has your podcast yeah, going. Yeah, and we're, we're, we're super fans. You know, yeah, so. super fans. Anyway, Lou and Adele, hi, guys. Hi. <laughs> hi. Hi, guys. How are you? <laughs> I feel honored being a repeat guest. I know, by, by popular demand. I mean, you're popular Is with it us. us and Goldie. Yeah, exactly, exactly. No, but, <laughs> yeah. but you are popular. I heard Goldie on the other week. I know. Yeah, she de- she is the audience. There was a few people who were like, "You should have her every week for a segment," but they these people do not understand mm. the psyche of a teenage girl. Nothing is the same yes. week to week. You know, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, so true. so wait, Lou, so true. you're in Adelaide. Adelaide, wow. <laughs> good accent. Yeah, <laughs> was it Adelaide? It was all right. Uh, it's is busy. It it's a, the Fringe Festival is here, so it's just like stuff on the streets, and there's comedians that are just kind of doing residencies here for a long time. Um, cool. Which kind of so there's posters everywhere of comedians, and and there was a lot of a lot of hubbub on the street last night. Um, yeah, it's a thing. So are you guys part of the Fringe? Is Dinosaur Jr. doing? I don't like think fringes? so. Okay. I don't think so. <laughs> I've done Fringe. It's like they have music stuff too there. I think sometimes. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't think it is. I mean, I think it. I think we'd be here just because we're on tour. Yeah, yeah. But I think it happens to coincide 
I mean, I think Sebado played this. What's the the Edinburgh Fringe Festival once? Oh, yeah. That was cool. Have you I mean, been to Australia a lot on tour? I have. That's yeah. where we met. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we met on a beach, St. Kilda yeah. Beach in Melbourne. Wow. I, I just, when we were talking oh. about playing festivals, I, I always like them because they give you a very inflated sense of your audience. You know what I mean? Like you can play a festival and get like this really big crowd that, and they're quite enthusiastic yeah. and you assume they're going to come back next time and they, they don't. But so, <laughs> um, but so that's very perceptive. You know what I mean? But it's, you do get to feel yeah. like, like playing festivals is where you really get to live out your rock star fantasies. I think. So if you're on a first date and you want to do oh impress someone. Oh, yeah. That's really yeah. where you pick up the chicks. That's, that's say, true. That's true. Who was the – Oh, my gosh. Like in the – I was going to say in the first year Lou and I were together, they played Coachella. Dinosaur did. And it, it was – the crowd was – enormous yeah. you know what i yeah. mean just all the way out there so yeah right <laughs> that's your first like, day wow. and that was when you decided to me, lock baby. that shit down you were like i better scoop this guy up <laughs> well, i never <laughs> i didn't really think of that i didn't think that that was actually something that sort of worked in my favor that, that was oh my gosh and glastonbury that same year oh, yeah. so that's true the next like shows. was able to travel with me when we when we first met she traveled with me and we had a wonderful yeah festival tour oh. it was just the two of us you know it was just uh, it was amazing <laughs> that's so good but wait Adele <laughs> were you a, I yeah. don't think I ever realized were you like a Sebado or Dinosaur fan or did you like know much of Lou's because it feels like on the pod part of what's happening is this continued education about Lou's musical history mm, that's true I mean I didn't I didn't really know Sebado. Um and You were more of a Centrado head. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> That's another I don't one know. of his projects. So. Oh. <laughs> I just it, it's like there's so much there in the nineties I feel like um I, I'm from Minneapolis and I feel like my bubble was kind of like very Minneapolis heavy with my music. I was very loyal. But then beyond that, I had kind of like I don't know. I was sort of into like the Cocteau Twins and the Cure and Sebado sort of flew under the radar for me. Um, my brothers, I think might've had like a Dinosaur Jr. album. Um, so I'd heard of Dinosaur Jr., but I didn't know the names of, you know, like the people well, yeah. and the bands and things like that. So there is a funny story that I'm, and she said Sebado, like, oh, actually I think someone put, Oh, yes. Sebado on a mixtape yeah. for me. My senior year in high school, the one exposure I got to Sebado is this this friend of mine uh, made me a mixtape, and on it was a Sebado song. And, I, and so I remembered yeah. that I had a, a Sebado song on it. Did you like it or was it one you skipped? I told you that you, when we got yeah. together. Did you skip this, it or was it one you actually liked on the mix? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, didn't re I didn't remember it. No, but, I, but I, I told honest. her. I hate to say it, but. I told her. I said, well, I know. I said, was it a guy that gave you the tape? And she said, yes. And I said, well, I know what song's on that tape. <laughs> what was it? And she Think said, how could Bay? you possibly know? <laughs> How could yeah, you possibly I was like, you, know? There's no way you could possibly you know like what song this of songs. person put on my mixtape. How did you know? And I'm like, well, it's a guy, so I know exactly what it is. And I told her, I said, it's Think, Let Tomorrow Be. And That's she's like, that was my guess. That is, <laughs> that is one like, of your most romantic really? songs. That is. Yeah, I was like, I was like. Oh, yes. And, you're right. like, and so. Um, and I said, oh, I don't remember, so I don't know. But then, so a couple years pass, and Lou and I are in Minnesota visiting my folks. 
and I'm digging through in the basement and my parents were really good at keeping stuff. And sure enough, I found the mixtape and I pull it out and lo and behold, it's think, let tomorrow be like written out perfectly. And Lou was so. I know, but I said, well, did did the guy have a crush on you? And she said, no, (laughs) of course not. He didn't. We were just friends. I'm like, oh no. (laughs) He was like. That's how you know. Because that song was, it was sort of a really, I meet people, I meet a fair amount of times I've met people or couples that actually that song was part of a mixtape mm. between a couple and it, you know, and it worked. It makes perfect sense now. <laughs> I mean, there was a, like, a lot of oh misses in there. Adele was definitely a miss with that, but there's, I've met yeah. couples that actually that, that song was a, uh, important to them my god those so. first mixes you make each other are so intense. oh my gosh like did i make one you so made me a intense. mix of course you made me a mix you put um stevie wonder i don't know why i love you but uh-huh. i love that song <laughs> and became one of my have you do you know that song it's like an was it a wait how did you make the mix ioni did you burn yeah. it? i used like to do CD i mean I, in the 90s i did record to tape right no. yeah this You'd was more a like record an iTunes player then, but then yeah, yep. then later it was probably CD, right? Yeah. And I gave you one mm-hmm. with This Mortal Coil, Song to the Siren. Oh, that's and, um, but there's just certain songs that – and then what you put on – one of us, for some reason we had like one of our early songs became Doot Doot by Fruer. You know that song? Oh, really? I don't know why. That was on one of the mixes mm. and it's like it's a meaningless song. It's like one of these like synth pop <laughs> – I have to listen but to that again. I, I feel quite remember. romantic about it. She has no memory. Um, Just the maybe that name, was, dude, yeah. dude, is not. It's very so romantic, silly, but yeah. I like that. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. I don't think I know that one. Yeah, it's not. It's, now I want to listen to it because okay, I forgot. I'll pull. I know. Uh, yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, so listen, I'm really, I'm. We're going to Australia in about three weeks or a month, mm. and I mm. am getting the feeling I'm not going to recognize the country post-Taylor Swift. Like, I actually think <laughs> the country has changed. Like, my impression, I've never seen a cultural thing like this happen in Australia. It's like, because mm. people don't understand. Like, in America, yes, Taylor Swift's touring, but Beyonce's also touring. There's, like, multiple, mm-hmm. even though it's huge mm-hmm. in America, there's multiple things happening at once. It seems like Australia has actually stopped everything. Like, it is nuts. I mean, are you feeling that there, or is that my imagination? I am. Yeah. Oh, I am. Yeah. <laughs> Every flight, I think, because the, there's, the shows have only been in Melbourne and Sydney. So she's at, I think she's in Sydney now. So she people is, yeah. at the airports, people are flying in from Perth. They're flying in from Adelaide. So on every flight, and some, I don't know, why it is exactly but these t-shirts are enormous that these girls are, especially the little girls are just swimming in these absolute <laughs> dress sized taylor swift shirts and they're all the same there, there doesn't seem to be a lot of variation of the designs that she's selling um but they they a day before the shows they open up merch a day before the shows wow and oh wow so, Tens so people of can thousands of fans will go the day before oh my in order to purchase the shirts because purchasing them the day of the show means that you're just in line and you miss yeah. the show. And I heard they have notoriously very friendly vendors wow. at the merch stand who really take their time with each person. Like they want each person to spend a lot of money and get exactly what they want. So it's a slow process. It's mm. they. I, th- I think wow. they're really taking care because there's a lot of very disappointed Australian, uh, I'll say girls, generally, but I would that that I think that there is a lot of there's 
also th- this heartbreak is making the news that if they couldn't get a ticket, if they, mm. uh, that, because it is limited, even though she's playing to like, I mean, it'll end up being, it won't be a million people, but if you think of a, I mean, that, I think it's uh, five shows altogether, which with about a hundred thousand people topping, I, mean, I would say that's, that's, that's all they can fit. And then outside of the stadiums too, there's gatherings of 20 to 30,000 wow. people outside the stadiums oh my during God. the course God. of the show. Wow. That's wow. That you can hear. I, we, one of our, one of my Holy travel God. mates heard had happened to be near this, the stadium in Melbourne. And he said, I've never heard anything like this on the wind. Like he just, you heard this, like, you know, just this incredible ghostly sound of just, you know, a hundred thousand people. Wow. Cheering. That's amazing. Screaming. Screaming. You know, <laughs> is Izzy like, is she jealous about your proximity to Taylor? Just you being in the same country as her? I think Adele's been trying to keep it tapped down a little bit. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, I went, yeah. there's a, there's a, yeah. a store called, there's a store that sort of sells like trinkets for, uh, girls in the airport. And I saw an ad that popped up, like, get your, Tailored trinkets at this place, and I went, and they were all gone. Mm. They're all gone. There was are they, they official there. trinkets? I, tried, oh, I, like, trinkets. Oh, I wanted yeah. to get like just something for her that I could bring back. Yeah, maybe and, there's uh, a fan. No. There's like knockoff. <laughs> Didn't I think she she was writing a song for Lou the other night? It was really sweet. It was like okay, having issues. It um, I miss you, Dad. How was Australia? Did you see Taylor Swift? <laughs> so she made sure to ask, but. Um, yeah, she was relieved that you didn't go. She wrote a song for Lou the other night that was like, "Hey dad, how's Australia? I miss you so much." And and did you see Taylor Swift? <laughs> and I just thought it was funny that, you know, of course Taylor Swift had to make its way into oh the, God, into this song for Lou. It's kind of I fun. Have the it opportunity. Was really cute. There was the opportunity we share but booking agents. She, yeah. she really what, wanted like to Frontier see or something. Yeah. Um Yes, Frontier. Yeah. Frontier, yeah. yep. And uh, yeah. I guess we could have got a discounted ticket for like 400 Yeah, so, yeah. Which would have ended, I mean, that would have been great. It would have been like 250 US. Yeah, know? yeah, that's actually a good good deal. Yeah. Which would be an amazing yeah, deal. for Taylor Swift. But uh, yeah, I just felt like if I went, I just, I had to be, I just didn't think it would be right. So. It's a betrayal of your child. I think it Izzy would have, would have I think especially with. Really never let you live that down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, it would have been interesting to experience that, but I are beyond interesting. Actually, it would have been an event. Totally, totally. But, oh my and gosh, I know. I, I think it's kind of amazing to be a parent right now of a, a littler kid. Like our kids are older, so we we're not really in the midst of it. But you guys, as a result of this, just the timing, you're getting to live this cultural phenomena through the eyes mm-hmm. of a kid who's the perfect age for it too, which is, I think that's intriguing. And that's fun. I enjoyed that on the podcast, like the journey that you guys have had as parents of a Swifty. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think that's, I find, I think that's amazing because you're like living this experience. That's a historical experience for pop culture. You know? I like that. It is I, truly. I really yeah. like how Izzy feels. I think it's really empowering her to sing. And to write, yeah. mm-hmm. it's empowering her to. She yes, writes down both. the lyric when she's she's writing a song, so she is actually sort of writing them down on a piece of paper, and then we'll sing from the piece of paper, which is actually it, she's learning. 
And yeah. this is a, this is mm-hmm. a this is also the moment where she is really grasping words and writing and and the fact that Taylor. I mean, it, it's hard for me not to become angry because I'm around a lot of people that are not a part of this mm. and who say very dismissive things about it. And you know, we had this very cool, like kind of punk rock chick or you know just covering tattoos and she's like taylor i don't get it you know like she just sings songs about a boyfriends and i'm like oh no it's much more complicated than that there's a song and then immediately like she has a song called what's it called adele i'm the man or if i was the man the man the man mm-hmm. which is one of the most like which is like totally punk i mean it's like it's a real feminist anthem like for real mm-hmm. and i mean it's just lyrically it's like it could have been sang by a, like a punk rock band. It could have, the breeders could have done it even. I mean, it's like, it's, it is like a very, very, very well-written, very powerful song about sexual politics. Hmm. And I mean, it's, it is for real. Like, so I get, I, I had, I was driven. I was driven. Like we were in the van. I'm hearing all this <laughs> stuff about Taylor, dismissive stuff about Taylor. And I said, Taylor Swift is better than Led Zeppelin because sometimes you need to make Whoa. blunt. You feel the need to make blunt <laughs> statements to your peers, you know, about these things. It's like Jay, Jay always says stuff about the Beatles like that. Like, you know, what, whoever is better than the Beatles. I mean, it's just anal makes, cunt. Yeah. Yeah. Anal cunt is yeah. better than the Beatles. <laughs> and it does like for Beatles, people who love the Beatles, which is a lot of people. Yeah. Become mm-hmm. so, you know, like, ooh, they just seize, like. Enraged. So I just was like, <laughs> no. I, like, I, I, and I got out of the van sort of shaky and dizzy. I'm like, God, I haven't done something <laughs> like that in such a long time. Because <laughs> it used to be thrilling to do these blunt, to say something blunt like that. It's exciting and you get into conversation. Yeah. I'm not really into that anymore. I'm not really into poking people's buttons, but I was driven to it. I was like, it must be said. <laughs> Taylor Swift is song for song more important and better than Led Zeppelin. Those are good headlines. <laughs> you yeah, should write right. the headlines. That's um, that's amazing. Yeah. So, in tr- you were going to go with Murph though to the show. So, does Murph have some kind of passion for Taylor Swift, or just curious? Well, this, no. This is interesting. Yeah. When I said that, when I said the Led Zeppelin comment, like we had just pulled into the airport in Melbourne and to fly to Sydney. And I was sort of like lightheaded because I'm like, Oh God, it just took a lot out of me to say that. <laughs> it's hard to be a Swifty. <laughs> it really is. It's, like, <laughs> it's true to be a Gen X Swifty. Yes. When we landed mm-hmm. in Sydney, our, we have a sound man who's almost 70 years old. And this guy has been through the sixties. He's seen, he's seen everything. I think he didn't see the Beatles. So he was explaining that the other day. He didn't go to that show, but he's been to, he, when he was, he was a child in the sixties experiencing rock and roll. And, uh, but when we landed, Murph came up to me and he goes, oh, I listened to the Midnight's record on the plane and I really liked it. You're right. It's a really good record. Aww. And then our sound guy's like, well, actually, she has a really good song with Ed Sheeran. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> oh, my God. So that's amazing. Do you guys like yeah, Ed Sheeran? What do you think about Ed Sheeran? <laughs> my only I think, I thing I know about him is through Taylor he seems Swift. very nice. But it, it's I'm shocked at how – just everyone is so professional these days. Mm. Like I want, I just want a little bit more. I just think with, because of the digital recording, it's like, it's so Mm. hard to have anything with rough edges. And I just long for, surely when he's sitting playing in his living room, there's more rough edges than end up on these records. Um, I don't know. It's like, I guess mm. just like a pop, 
pop music. At the beginning of the Ed Sheeran phenomenon, I was in Europe and yeah, you know, when I used to turn on the TV when I walked into hotel rooms, which I never do now. I'm just never. But I turned on the TV and saw Ed Sheeran in the middle of a stadium playing acoustic guitar. Yeah. And I was like, whoa. And I watched it and I'm like, that kid is really brave and really talented. So I've, I've always taken that. So anything that I hear that he's doing, I'm like, yeah. he was in the middle of a stadium yeah, <laughs> with an acoustic true. guitar, true, like at the yeah. age of 19, 20, and playing really kind of very beautiful, plain written, you know, procl- I mean, it was very, uh, I found it very unpretentious. And I was very impressed that that many people liked it. So I've always taken that. Yeah, I um, think that's the thing. It's not the musician, the, the musicians. It's the current production, the radio production style. Oh, produ- yeah. Which just well, that was that was the, the issue. Oh, yeah. Our sound guy, his issue is like, oh, it's just so overproduced. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, I can't really argue that. It's it's extremely produced. It's it's pinpoint. It's very. It's um, you know, it's scientific the way they produce these records. So yeah, yeah, yeah. and that is that that can definitely mm-hmm. be. You know something that I understand that. How are you guys like? How are you guys so good at? It seems like you're really in acceptance of the physical separation with touring because you know we rel- we're artists and we collaborate and we we don't have as much time apart. But you guys seem to have a very um just zen approach to accepting that reality. How how do you pull that off so well? Do we pull? <laughs> okay, that's the, that's the impression I, wow. you guys. Seem I would very, like okay. to say that's that's interesting to uh, hear that that's your impression. Okay. I um, you're suffering. Okay. I didn't know it came okay. off like that. That's um, that's we talk. That's kind of cool. Constantly. I mean, to constantly. hear. Um, we're always we're always. Yeah, we. Yeah, we communicate. We prioritize us, um, and I mean, I make a point to just always be available. So, you know, like I don't, when he's on tour, no matter what, I never have my phone on silent because even when I'm sleeping, when he's next to me at home in bed, that's when I'll have my phone on silent. But like, um, when he's gone, I absolutely will not. I have to make sure that I, I'm there no matter what. I yeah. think, um, and so sometimes that's really Ade- important. Sometimes to me. Adele and I like we we have we really regret that you know not meeting earlier in life, and mm. because our relationship has been it's been so transformative for me. But in another way, of course, as as life is, everything happens when it should. But one one thing is, I think if if we had met earlier, because it wasn't that long ago when you were in Australia and they charged you like per minute for internet and the internet sucked and there was no way to communicate with home. I mean, and coming to Australia felt so isolating, like deeply isolating and it was almost. And so I think that we are really fortunate that I can, I have my phone from the States. It costs $10 a day, which as you know, is like, I mean, it used to like what it would cost to to call home was prohibitive of like I, it, you could not I mean for anyone really yeah anyone certainly in a band it was it was you just you entered this almost this dark zone this total yeah you'd get drunk and call late at night and then you'd get the hotel bill the <laughs> oh, next day god. Like, oh my god oh my god I, 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 there was just yeah. countless times yeah, I mean yeah, the yeah. stories are yeah. endless of just like 
You're you're checking out and they're like, yeah, you uh, that'll be what? My mom <laughs> that'll be seven hundred euros, and you're like, never, what? My mom has this old friend. You met her, I think, Stephanie. Yeah, with the she, long hair, the beautiful. Yeah, we hair. always had roommates growing up to make ends meet because my mom was mostly a single mom. We had this kind of four bedroom house, and so we she always had great roommates. But there's this one woman who was a friend of hers, but she. We went out of town and she was, you know, a roommate. She had a boyfriend and she called him on on the phone to Europe from L.A. and like must have fallen asleep or something. But the phone bill was our phone bill and they had a falling out for like 10 years <laughs> because she was denied it. Oh, my and, gosh. And, uh, but now we just saw her. So they've, they've patched it up. Yeah. 30, 40 years later. But talk about lost time in a Whoa. relationship. <laughs> lost a decade of friendship. I know. My, <laughs> My mom gosh. holding Can't. a grudge. <laughs> I don't know. They probably were about uh, all, she, she was, a, you know, flaky or well, you, something. You and your mom are kind Maybe of similar. Maybe it was the tip of the iceberg. Like, so <laughs> loving. And so, but when you decide someone you're like mob bosses. Yeah, my mom. You decide like, someone's. You're done with it. You're done with them. Yeah, it's my like, mom's got a very like. It's like we call. It sort of feels mobstery. Like she's like one of those loving. You know, those like Italian mobsters that loves the family. But if somebody, it's like. You don't want. You don't want to be on the other end of a grudge. She suffers no fools, and <laughs> yeah. But no, she's, she's so funny. <laughs> Oof, I know. Next time I see yeah. her, and you know, I want to no, stay on her guys good side. Are. <laughs> what what do you guys what do you guys think about um we so you you know we just started our Substack and Adele and Lou you guys really like encouraged us I'm so glad you did because um one of we saw Kelly Oxford last night and we were talking about it and oh nice I was saying mm-hmm. you know we were weighing up whether to use another one of these types of subscription sites or something and I said I, and I'm, I'm what I'm loving about Substack is that you can cater to free followers as well as to paid subscribers so it's not just like you're in or you're out you get the chance to mm-hmm. but but mm-hmm. you reveal a lot of yourselves and your relationship and your marriage and i guess i'm just curious about as that journey goes mm-hmm. deeper into this like you know you're building a brand and a business and a shop and a podcast and a sub second like is that vulnerable i guess the the, the public mm-hmm forward-facing nature of the relationship and the family. Yes. I think... Oh, no, I think to answer your question for them, no. But I think it it is really interesting. It's not exactly more money, more problems, but in that category, but whatever that... Was that a rap song? Yeah, that's a biggie. (laughs) So um, it's interesting when I, I did this TV show with Jennifer Garner and like, I sort of got a glimpse at like, you know, you all kind I don't know if you, everybody wants to be that famous, but sure. You're like, wouldn't it be nice? But the more famous or exposed you get, the more open to the gamble of, of kind of people who are maybe mentally unstable or the haters, da, 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 da. So you have like, mm-hmm. it is nice. I wonder sometimes with my career, I've, I've really kept it kind of at a certain level. I don't know if I've done it subconsciously on purpose, but the the nice thing of not exposing, of course, is you get this privacy. You sort of feel it more in control of your fans. You know, you oh, my friends who I admire and love their work, they like mine too. And that's a perfect, you know how that is. You kind of like your own Amazing. Like, yeah, like you love that band and they love you and you love them. And it's so easy because it's just like, but the bigger, you know, you see these p- people that are very famous, they get, they, it gets, you know, you open yourself up. 
But um, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like, I don't know the Substack thing I'm just getting. Is it is it like any other social media, you risk, you know, but or if because there's more of an interaction, it feels more vulnerable or something. I don't know. I think I like the sense of community with it because, you know, even though we do have like a podcast, um, the Substack and all of that stuff, and I am always trying to just be myself. And um, so I think that's nothing to hide, I guess, in a way, is just who I am. Um, And if someone can relate to it, or if hearing us talk and how we interact as like a married couple, if that is something they can relate to, or if it's something they find interesting, um, I think I'm okay with that, you know, because uh, it doesn't really change like my day to day or it not so far. I hope, you know, I'd like to continue to live like this, but I think ultimately, as long as I feel like I'm being my authentic self, um, I like creating content with Lou, you know, and um, so I like that creative challenge with him, like doing videos, doing the podcast, doing the sub stack. I like that creative outlet a lot. A and it does have the together. public result. Yeah. But yeah, we, we started I do making like videos it. almost um, immediately when we got together. And Adele really encouraged me mm-hmm. to enter. And it's interesting because Adele is actually a very private person and very I'm kind of shy. She's very in, shy, but you know she does yeah. have this she it's it's interesting because i mean i mean people that know my work from the beginning i'm very like out there like i really put all mm-hmm. kinds of very and adele has to really rein me in and i appreciate it a lot but i think in what we actually do what what, what we actually present and what we talk about is kind of like kind of a really manageable uh it's it's not as i think it seems very personal and it is personal but the, I mean, the real, <laughs> how we really speak day to day and how we really discuss stuff is, is far more extreme. That's, That's all a much say. higher <laughs> tier of tier of membership. Yeah. Access <laughs> that. You'd have to be a founding member for that. Oh. Together we're weirder, we're weirder together. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I mean, we had, we had, I, I don't even... We had a pretty funny experience with her parents when we were very. We had first gotten together, and her parents came to visit visit us in LA. And we were in the back of the back seat of the car, just talking. And her mother turned around and said, "Do you always talk like this?" (laughs) And it was funny too because Adele had brought up early on. I mean, this is you know ten, eleven years ago. She said we should do a podcast, which I thought was interesting because she she is a very private person. But I was really interested that she. Um, she saw this as a career. We kind of just entered it as this sort of organically creative relationship. And I don't, 
and I do, I guess for me, I've always been searching ways to be more direct with people and to, and to like, I don't know. I've always wanted to expose my, my inner, the way that I talk to myself. I've always just been compelled to that, you know, and because I know that for me, uh, it's always been important to know that how other people think. And to me, like punk rock and hardcore music was just such a, it was a, you know, for lack of a better word, a raw, people were giving their raw impressions, either politically or personally. And it was unfiltered. And I, that is what I, and that's what I want to, I want to share that same sense that I got, you know, that's what, that's what empowered me to become creative because otherwise I wouldn't have done that unless it seemed relatable. And unless it seemed that almost anybody could do it, that almost anybody, and that we, mm. by sharing and communicating, it does bring us together. That was my experience with like, you know, I didn't get into music because I wanted to be a rock star. I wanted to be part of a community. That was a big mm. thing mm. for me. It was like, I wanted to be yeah. part of like this, this group of bands. And I wanted yeah. to, it was a very, it was a huge thing for me, like, like hardcore punk rock. And that was, it was all, it really was about a community and, and uh, yeah. I don't know. I just kind of I really lucked out with Adele. So that's because we do we do share some really basic <laughs> ideas. You, know, you guys are such really a good basic match. ideas. You're so. such a good match. It's like you clearly like. I think the best couples they really accept their differences too. You mm. know, like when I see couples that work, it's because neither one's trying to make the other one think the same way. There's like a very mm. basic like understanding that it's it actually is a stronger relationship between two people who have diverse talents and communication methods and like that's actually how you have a more dynamic partnership. Well, if there's something about the other person that you find it's sort of like a part of you that you feel you can't access, but they are doing it. You know what I mean? Like I'll never forget this playwright mm. was dating Marissa Tomei. And he said, she's very feisty and aggressive. And he said he could never let himself be like that. So he sort of had a theory that you sometimes, you know, there's certain dynamics and also places that you feel that they're safety for you or they're, they've, they're, they're covering something that you might not have. And also, but you'd have to have enough things that are alike. Yeah, also, yeah, yeah. I think like just being yeah. too different, mm -hmm. you know, it's like that combination. You have enough common things that you also like but it makes sense if a couple likes each other that they would work well together but i guess not everyone's like us aren't we amazing no but i mean you know like like there's <laughs> probably there's, a lot of couples, but i would think creative yeah. people that they like just siblings, don't bring that into their siblings are good so, in yeah. bands sometimes or as yeah. writers I think like, their siblings are good in bed i was like that <laughs> no. is a weird that is a weird title for this episode you guys weirder together <laughs> no, no. Well, maybe separately they you might have a siblings that are they're good in bed but not with each other but yeah, no, I just mean like it would make sense that, that you would collaborate well together if you're cut from a, so the same cloth or if you're like a couple that get along. But I guess some people, they don't want want that. But we, like well, you, we yeah. love it like you do. We, we share that same thing, Ioni. I mean, we you guys seem to love, love working yeah. together and doing things it was collaboratively. It cool, actually, and when we... I feel the same it, way. It with was you. really empowering that, so. when Adele had sort of discovered your podcast and and then it was like, oh. Because we didn't really it have any specific... We had no to, me, to hear you... Yeah, yeah, we didn't really have an agenda Sorry, as far as what we wanted to communicate. There was nothing... But I think just... 
I, just hearing that that the just speaking, <laughs> just mm. the idea that people wanted to hear other people talk to me is still kind of fascinating. Mm. But um, mm-hmm. I know it's a yeah, whole that was, new. That thing. was a really. It did actually really tilt us, and I was like, you know what? Because I, I I do as a an artist like there is a level of control that I do really want. <laughs> But then I also know, and I've I've stri- I've been striving for this so much, just in my in my collaborate. I I've always wanted to collaborate and write with people, and like, and not everyone. Actually, it's very rare, even among people who do play music together. It's very rare when you can access that sort of vulnerability from each other. And it's it's I I think unfortunately I thought it was more common, and but I have to say as a fifty seven year old musician who's been, I've been at it since I was 18 or, you know, 17, 18, that it's, it's actually extraordinarily rare to find it almost anywhere, even in your creative life. And, um, I, I feel that way because you have to, to me, vulnerability is really important and, and saying things that seem a little shocking or, are important and, and just showing your humanity is really important. And, uh, I'm, you know, I'm very, I, you know, I'm, I am blessed that Adele came into my life because she brought, she actually brought discretion to me, which was really an important, <laughs> I mean, as, as it, she brought discretion and, um, you know, I don't, I, I don't know. I can say anything to her, but she really helps me filter what I have to say. She helps me so much. Interesting. Like, so as- where you're saying like she helps you be just like a more boundaried person in terms of what you put yeah, into the world. Yeah, my lack right? of boundaries has, has really, mm-hmm. it's been, um, I've learned a lot about lacking boundaries. He's, <laughs> he, he's, he's been kind of, I don't want to use the word feral, but like, you know, before <laughs> he was sort of, boundaryless for a long, long time. And I, you know, I did not have a public life, you know, um, before Lou and, um, that was a long life before him. And like I said, I, in in general, I am more, I'm not closed. I think I'm open if you, if you know me and we're friends and, um, and, but I am skewing more toward privacy, but, um, was the point? Yeah, the boundaries. I, yeah. That, like, boundaries. I think that for me, I also saw um, how some of the things that were giving him distress were kind of as a result of him not having like healthy boundaries in his life. Yeah. And to so, quote uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's um, infamous 2006 you know. Vanity Fair cover, she was the arch- <laughs> oh no, just, sorry, Jennifer Aniston. She was the architect of her own misery. Oh. I love that phrase. Oh my god. I always, I, that always I it stuck Aniston, with me. So, it stuck yeah, with me because it's a good phrase. Like, of course, there is a moment a where you realize you are the architect thing. of your own misery mm-hmm. and that you can oh use different architecture. You helped me with boundaries, I think, more than I helped you. No, you helped me too because I used to get in collaborations oh, that right. were like boundaryless. Yeah, we where, met Ben. wasn't I wasn't mm, worried about him cheating because he's just not like that. I was more the one that was like, okay, I gotta like. Get a handle cool on your my, jets, mama. my cheating ways. With, not with him. <laughs> yeah. With you, I was already <laughs> yeah. like- The pulled, jets were cool. I pulled it together. But yeah. <laughs> but more he had female, he would have female <laughs> musical collaborations. Emotionally enmeshed. 
I would be like like two mm-hmm. hour phone conversations about process. Oh, that I'd be like, and it'd be and like, then all of and a then sudden I'd be like, my wife irritated. wants a two hour conversation. What am I doing? Yeah, it was <laughs> funny. I was noticing. I was like, yeah, blankness. And I love these these women were like my friends at this point. I'd met through Ben, and I loved them, and we all hung out all the time. But then he'd be on. I remember one night you were like on the phone for so long, and it wasn't romantic. But I was like, you but know I was what? taking care of someone else's feelings. And I was like, I don't. I'm not mm. loving your two hour conversations. Like it's. I know I it's not romantic, but like there's something going on that's bothering. She me. sat me down. She said, "Bros before hoes." <laughs> and <laughs> that's that, been I remember this from an earlier episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you talk about that? that we yeah, heard, really, and it was yeah, really interesting. Still, yeah, because you were you were actually talking it out and. I like that you share and, yeah. that so honestly. I that was very, I think that, that was that's actually a very really cool. relatable thing. It's funny when and, something you know, yeah, doesn't fall under the normal jealousy. No, but friendship that that type of emotional I, cheating that, does happen, like in marriages, and you have yeah. to be careful that you're not suddenly using yeah. someone else in a way to avoid dealing with not getting closer to your partner. I think that's an early relationship Mm -hmm. thing too. I've seen that with other people. It doesn't like it. So you get, you just, yeah, you don't, because you're still sort of trying to like have your own, you know, experience, I guess. Yeah. 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 I think too, you know, yeah. Like you said, that's an emotional investment, you know? And so it's kind of like, if you see him making this intense emotional investment in another relationship, you know, you kind of got to ask yourself why, like what, you know, is this for the work? Is this like, or is something like, are we not communicating in a way, you know what I mean? Where your needs aren't met. Um, It's like, I don't know. I think that, yeah, you, you, it's tricky and you do have to be careful that you're always thinking of the person who day to day loves yeah. you to make sure that they feel safe and they feel secure. And, and yeah. but I'd never the most do in them. You know, yeah, I would never do the Elvis Presley or whatever those things where people like they only want all the attention on them. Like I wasn't like we can't, no, you've never been like that. You That's, can't be friends. No, it sounded with like them. a fair like, thing. Like, you they're know? out. No, yeah. they're not out. Sure. It was very just, relatable. Yeah. yeah, just like yeah. Just, that discussion like, between yeah. you is very, very relatable, and it really okay. um. Sure. And if you're a bit of a like codependent, yeah, if you're a bit of a codependent person, like. The arts is a world just full of wounded psyches and like you can just find yourself like taking care and like wanting to like feeling like it's your responsibility to look after and then you're like resent and it's just a psychological minefield like being a musician or an actor, you know, the egos, the wounded egos. It's easy to get like invested in other people because we are so, you know, we're so interested and I mean, I think, yeah, I've had a lot of like growing and learning to do. And I think that, I mean, people ask me very blunt things sometimes and I don't, I don't love it, you know, but it's like, it's just part of it. But people will say things like, well, how do you handle it? He's gone all the time. Like, aren't you just worried, you know, about just women here and there, or they'll just say things like, oh, I wouldn't tolerate that. Well, I wouldn't tolerate oh. that. Like, like lose relationship with some woman or like, oh, he's talking to her or whatever. Just, or, oh my gosh, all these pictures of him with women backstage. I wouldn't tolerate it, you know? And it's like, it's a bummer. Wow. That's yeah. a, 
it's a it's a lot, yeah. you know. Who are um, all these women backstage? And where, where, how are they getting back? Do you have the roadies handing <laughs> out passes at the Dinosaur Junior show? I'll never like, forget when Sebado went to Brazil. That was like the only that was time early. That, that was, was like, early on too. Holy cow! That's oh God, and that they're really hot. Early there were so the people many beautiful yeah. women. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my God! Beautiful Brazilian women like backstage, all like in, you know. And you've done that extra ticket price where for the for the meet and greets and the photos and everything. It's like yeah, honestly. But you know, no, that in Brazil. I think the truth is, yeah. 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 Oh my god! But it was like you know, I, I mean, I think too. The thing that's interesting is that people also don't like the answer that I give, which is like, no, I'm not sitting around worrying. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not sitting around worrying about it, and they. It's almost like they're disappointed. They want me to say, like, yeah, I'm just wrecked Jeez. and I'm dying over here. And I'm and I'm like, why why would you want that for me? Yeah. You know, I don't like, like why would you yeah, want that for I'm, me? I'm not as I've gotten older, I do see like I don't want someone to be concerned in that kind of way. Like it's fine for someone to have concern like to feel loving towards somebody. But yeah, I mean, the yeah. other day I told someone some hard something hard I was going through and they were like, so like, Oh, like, so you don't want to hear people. We're prone enough to catastrophizing. We don't need our friends to catastrophize with us. I want you to like, (laughs) like, give me like some optimism or something. I don't want you to be like, kind of, yeah, that's terrible or something. Anyway, I have a lot of things that annoy me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, and when the people say those things to me, it's it's like I immediately know and I have to remember they're speaking about their own. Experience, right. Totally. You know? So it's like, yes. you know, okay. Okay. Yes. You know, but this is about them yeah, that's, worrying about that's it. That's a weird, so. we're going back to reality shows, but what I, Ben got me, I don't watch them on my own, but I love to watch. That is like something a junkie says. That's like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, have like, my own I, dealer. Yeah, I don't like, have my own dealer. Like Sid only did it with Nancy. I don't have Nancy. my own pipe. We <laughs> but I go, over, I go over to a lot of people's houses who have dealers. <laughs> it's social. <laughs> um, so yeah. Um, but there was somebody who does this she's must you know it's all these housewives and a lot of them are so cuckoo but whatever someone's saying they make it about them immediately like someone's like my daughter is going to boarding school and they're like oh my god why why would you do that like freaking out and it's like you're you don't have to send your kid to boarding school like this is someone she's like that's a terrible thing and it's like it's like she i know she's this cuckoo woman is just shout out season one of new york real housewives <laughs> from literally 17 years ago we're just catching up on very she, topical it's almost oh as if gosh. she thinks she has <laughs> to also do this with her kid or something you know and it's like you're you don't no one's telling you you have to do it but they immediately start i'm like that if someone i hear someone ill the, the minute oh, i hear man. something i'm like oh when am i getting that oh uh, let me tell you like if you, it, I, I heard yeah. you talking Dude, about that like, i'm sorry i'm telling you <laughs> I everything can't give, I, this is my i'm mean, no, I know, okay. no, no, totally. Okay. Yeah. Let's I, not talk about things like, we've already talked about. Yeah, yeah, Sorry. yeah. But, oh, no, no, no. no. I just, okay. I, it was cute. Do I like that. Do you guys uh, find that you because know. you have the part and, you know, maybe friends or family listen, it does, because we've had that a few times. Like you start telling someone a story and their eyes are glazing over a little bit and they're like, constantly. They're like, we heard you talk about this on your podcast yesterday. Lou's always saying <laughs> that. Oh, no, that's that's yeah. what I'm saying now. I'm like, like I start yeah, talking. We know, we heard it on the pod. <laughs> and I start Sorry. talking to people and I'm like, I'm just repeating myself. I'm, I'm literally repeating a post from Instagram. Yeah. And it feels, it, it's such a strange, like there's, there's, it's a two-sided thing because in one way, um, 
I, people have become like, especially in our own little zone, like friendlier to us. Like we've actually mm-hmm. like in our own social life in our little bubble, it's actually the podcast and putting ourselves out there has done kind of a really cool way of softening the ground because I think we were, were a little mysterious because we had arrived from LA and I'm sort of a, sort of a rock star. <laughs> like, although if they really look into it, they're like, wait a minute, <laughs> I don't know his band. And you actually, most people don't. They, yeah, but, you know, look, Hey, I, you, you're not going to, they're not going to be auditing the finances. Let's just we no, take the title. You're I, a rock star. You know? I really think it's, I've really noticed that like people look at me like in our little realm and our yeah. hometown and then actually I'm finding it on the road to do as well is that the podcast is doing a lot of like, it softens the ground for me mm. and people mm. are looking at me more affectionately. It's called grooming. <laughs> You're grooming the audience. <laughs> I re- but I really needed that because I, yeah. I come from like, we're talking about boundaries and, and things that I've done. Like I, I, I have such a, an erratic history and, uh, People, it's it's it, it has been difficult for me to to be liked <laughs> or just be sort of to feel approachable or to feel like who I actually am because I think it, you know in real life I I think I'm pretty I think I'm pretty good you know I think I'm pretty kind I I skew towards kindness and openness but because I've done so many conflicting things that would suggest otherwise. Um, I've I've had a hard time and but the podcast has been this wonderful way of people do are just like oh you know and it's really helped I mean it's I again it's like I really mm-hmm. you know have to thank you all for empowering us to do it because I think it's for what it is it's like I mean I don't think that um you know we we obviously aren't in it for the for the money you know we're in we're in it to like just it's 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 about just creating this i don't know like a dialogue or a communication and a way of like i don't mean to use the, the softening the ground thing but it does definitely like i i'm i'm entering situations where i feel less suspect and mm-hmm. i feel like people aren't as afraid of me i feel like mm-hmm. i also feel like people are more open to me and this actually extends and because we, I do do things on a, a fairly small, manageable level, that it is, it has been really, really nice. Do you think some of it and, is also just that, like, as musicians, if people only know us as like live performers and stuff, they basically see nighttime Lou or nighttime Ben, which is like mm-hmm. in an alcohol fueled environment it's like it's it's rock and roll you know what i mean and i yeah. think something like the pod is so interesting because it's like you've introduced the world to like morning lou you know what i mean yeah. which is like it's another side of your personality that's more private as a performer well yeah. i've always wanted to do i'll yeah. be totally honest that's something i wanted to do from the very beginning hmm. like i wanted to be from the very beginning the very first songs i wrote i wanted to make it clear that we were all on the same level hmm. and i just so this is a really nice extension of, of something that I've, I've been striving to do since I began. So mm. awesome. yeah, it is nice to get, Oh, you're mm. wrapping it up. No, not no, at all. it's nice no, no. to have people and also no pressure. personally, better be profound, though. it is personally, <laughs> personally, it's nice. Isn't it fun to discover other parts of yourself? Cause you, you know, you write and that's also personal, but it's another 
way to express yourself. So it's this sort of like, who, who is the podcast me or who's the person who's going to, who, what's going to happen when I do talk and do this. So it's kind of been an interesting way to sort of like, like you, you know, Adele, we're curious, like, and who, what, um, what parts are getting exercised and like, you know, cu- cu- what parts come out when you do this podcast? It's funny. The thing I think we relate to you guys mm-hmm. about is um, a lot of people in our generation, you know, even though we're, there's a bit of a, you know, uh, between the four of us that we cover a, a, a big group of, big part of Gen X, I guess. Older one, younger one. No, <laughs> you and Lou are probably around. Anyway, you know. But, but Lou and I are yeah, yeah. cradles. Yeah, exactly. But, <laughs> yeah. but I think it's interesting how a lot of people in our sort of age group have found the shift into seeing everything as content to be kind of alienating because it, um, mm. it, it almost mm. – it feels like blasphemy when we're used to thinking about albums mm. and movies. And whereas I think the four of us have actually really embraced that idea because to me, I, to me, I always like the idea of making stuff it's making stuff and you can call it content. I don't really care what it is. I don't care if I'm making a little graphic to do something or a video for mm. TikTok or a podcast or it's or albums. It's all making stuff. So to me, it feels very like indie and DIY kind of crafts. Yes. yes it's crafty. We're being crafty. I yeah. mm-hmm. totally agree. Yeah. Yes. It's just another little sweater. I'm crocheting. Yes. <laughs> well, do you want to give, do you want to plug you know? all of your various enterprises for the listeners? <laughs> Oh my goodness. Well, we have our Barlow Family General store where you can shop uh, knitwear, music-related items, and more. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we have our Barlow Family General Substack, and we like, which is really fun. And we try to do lots and lots of free stuff and some really fun paid stuff. Um, Lou's got a lot of Uh, exclusive music on there. Um, I do lots of cooking things, which is another passion of mine. And then um, what's our other thing? What's her? The pod? Is, there, is the that podcast? it? Is that everything? The podcast. Yeah. Oh, no, the podcast. <laughs> the podcast is really my- Ron Precious. The podcast is Ron really Precious my- is our, My, like, fashioning these podcasts has been, I mean, man, I've always, oh, I mean, I've, I've always wanted to be a radio DJ. You know, yeah. that's always been something mm-hmm. I've wanted to do. And I love the fact that in order to do it in this, in this realm, in this realm of like, you know, right, you know, having, you know, uh, intellectual rights and all this, you know, trademarks and blah, blah, blah. I have to create all of the content and I love it. And it, it, it and it's so, it's so attached to what I initially did, which was, you know, make a cassette and sell it for a dollar, you know, and wanting to, wanting to just absolutely flood the world with things. And I do like the fact that it's not just music, you know, and that I've sort of freed myself from, you know, what you were sort of describing as, as Gen Xers, we have this, we do have these, these, these very, not, I don't want to use the word Catholic, but we have this reverential, this is what it, you know, and I really love how, this has opened up. I mean, this is like, this is truly like, for me, it's really kind of like my 10 year old, 11 year old self mm. getting a voice. Because oh, when I was a kid, I, all I would do is just like pretend to be a TV presenter and make up goofy songs. And, and I'd make tapes for my friend or my friend. I had a friend that I made tapes <laughs> for, but I would be, I would do it very much like, well, next up we have, I, mean, I was just obsessed. And I yeah. listened to freeform college radio as a child and it changed, you know, just, 
it, uh, this is an extension of that. So when you, the podcast to me is the thing that I really, mm. really spend the most time crafting. And, and Adele is such a wonderful, and because she does, she's not that familiar with a lot of music and things. And I, I love the element of like, I love surprising her, you know, mm-hmm. I love surprising her. I love put like having her in a situation where she reacts because I find the way that she reacts to things. I mean, it's, it's what I loved about her as a friend. I just love, and I, and I, I do love that she's not like, she did not come from like this very nitpicky indie world, you know? And, yeah. And that she's a very, very open listener. She's a very, she's very open-minded yeah. about music. She's just generally a very open-minded person. And I, and I just, I do, I do it for, I mean, I, when we started, I, I was like, we are doing this for us. Like, mm. we're not thinking about, we're not aiming for the fences. We're not, and I did the, the podcast because I, I was involved in a very long-term, uh, making of an album with the full complosion. And I found it was so frustrating <laughs> to be so you're doing something remotely and, and just making albums in general, that sort of, it's such an involved process. And when we were younger, Ben, and working for labels and things, the album becomes everything and it becomes your obsession and it, yeah. and you finish it and it doesn't come out for another six months. And, yeah. and the, the sense of immediacy is lost, you know, it's mm. like, and I was so you you would approach me about doing the podcast at this absolutely crucial point where I was losing my mind and craving immediacy, like just craving it. And so we did sort of launch ourselves into it, like kind of having no idea. Cause I remember people, other podcasters that I know and have spoken to, they're like, well, well, what's the concept? Well, right. well, yeah. well, what is what's it? Your, well, what are you going to do? And I'm like, well, I'm using my four track. I'm like, well, it should be the four track thing. It should just be all about four track. I'm like, no, I don't, it, it doesn't have to be, I'm like, it doesn't matter. I'm not, this is not like, we aren't doing this. I'm not doing it to be like, really honestly to, I'm doing it to just loosen everything yeah. and to and to begin the flow. And you, you, you articulated this beautifully, Ben, and I feel like we, we shared our, you, it's about the flow. And for me, the flow begins with having that immediacy, the creative immediacy of, of and, and forcing myself to like, learn goofy covers, you know, and also like, you know, writing songs and, and I just love it. <laughs> it's, and as my brain adapts to it and all of my, all of my limitations and all of my kind of, all of that, ooh, that just, you know, just, just worrying and bleeding over these little nuggets that you're going to put into the world, it just becomes much freer. And it just, and, and it really starts for me, it starts with the podcast and I, and I, I do, I like the idea that we did, that we do have the format where if someone hears this out of the blue, they'll be like, "What is that? <laughs> like, why? Who's Four Track Man? Are are the Pammies yeah. real? I mean, what what is this like?" <laughs> and and that, that Adele is uh, this is really where Adele and I we from the very beginning we had creative conversations, and so this is this is it's all an extension of of how we speak to each other and the fact that we both have creative impulses. So. Whoa, Amazing. we love it. We love Roy Impressions. <laughs> we Roy love impressions. you guys. Um, and I mean, beautiful oh babies. Gosh. Have you ever heard a better pitch for a podcast that you need to immediately we... hit subscribe to? I mean, <laughs> come on, Lou just gave you that is like that is an impassioned 
TED Talk on why <laughs> oh this captures the spirit yeah. of this marriage. They create. I mean, it's it's so it's so good. Raw so, impressions. Raw impressions. Um, all right, beautiful Aww. babies. Well, um, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Lou and Adele, and um, subscribe to both of our Substacks. And um, Adele, I've got one you're gonna like. I'm writing this week about. 48 hours in the studio with Evan Dando, Jason Schwartzman, and Tom Peterson from Cheap Trick. Oh, my God. That's uh, a tumultuous I'm almost dreading seeing oh. how, how good of a writer you are, Ben. Uh, I, I just, I'm like, oh, my God. Because I, I, when Adele was very shocked, <laughs> they need to do the sub stack. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'm like, oh, God, is this we're going to – I'm going to find out that Ben I, can also write nah, really well. Nah, I'm nah, like, nah, oh, nah, no. Nah, <laughs> no, 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 do not yes. want to have that. Anyway, love you guys. <laughs> love you, too. Should I hold on, should I hold on to you, ask, I'll tell the truth, there's nothing I should hide, and if I move too slow, if you're bored, I need to know, I'm weak to hide inside, to force what I don't
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.